Welcome to another episode of the Social Geeks Podcast. I am Yolanda Mabusela, your host for the show. In today's show, I have Mukondli Teri, also known as Mukondli Snaidon Dumela, one of the few people that are making sure that our languages are being digitalized. You can expect to hear more about the work he's doing with um, Shitsonga Organization, Round the Fire, and Utwa. Apart from that, you can get yourself a mentor and solve real-life problems using apps, snippets of how the app development has evolved through the years, and more. I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Um, welcome to the show. Um, in today's show, we have the full-stake developer, I'd like to believe so. And he's a CTO of you know, a lot of startups. Um, welcome to the show, Mukondi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, finally. <laughs> Just finally, yeah, finally. I know I reached out to you in around March before I even started the podcast, and we kept on, I kept on postponing to say, I'll get back to you. Finally, you're here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just, just to tell the listeners, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, more about yourself. You know, who is Mukondi okay, so Dumela? My uh, full names are Mukondi Teri Snaiden Dumela. I I come from the north. Um, I was born and raised in a, <clears throat> in a village called Nyavani. It's just outside uh, outside Malamlele. Um, I I moved to Jobek when I went to university. I was going there to study mining engineering. I had my second choice as uh, multimedia. Um, but when I got to the university, I was more attracted to the multimedia stuff than I was to the mining engineering stuff. So I ended up doing multimedia at uh, UP um, between... 2009 and 2012, I'm sorry, and 2012. And the multimedia course at UP, it's basically um, multimedia where you edit videos, uh, photos, etc., mixed with computer science and design. So um, on my end, I was more drawn to the computer science side than I was to you know actually uh, like editing videos and pictures so after i left uh university my my first job was as a junior dev um at one of the telecoms companies um here in south africa so um that's where i've been working um you know since i'm still working at the same place but I'm actually in the process of transitioning to a different company. So by end of uh, middle of July, I would have moved to a different company. Um, outside um, that, I when I was in when I was at university, I founded a project called um, Shizonga.org. At the time, it was um, incorrectly called Gazankulu Online. 
which I changed um, to see to Zonga online. But the project is basically um, was basically founded because um, if you if you were to look even today um, at the at the big companies that are offering translations or doing any work for um, African languages here in South Africa, you there are some languages that are so marginalized. Uh, you know, those languages being Chitonga, Chivenda, Isindabele, um, and a few others. Um, so the reason for starting the project was, um, you know, to at least give uh, the Chitonga language representation uh, in the digital space, uh, but also, um, you know, to teach people that are willing and seeking to learn the language, uh, to teach them the language, uh, to teach them the customs of uh, the Batsonga people. So that project was founded in 2012. Um, it's, uh, I'm still working on it today. Um, working there, obviously, as the founder and as the, um, I'm also the lead researcher. So I do a lot of research into the language, into culture, and also research for, for technology. And um, also, as you mentioned, CTO at Ultra. Um, Ultra is basically um, a music streaming platform with a social aspect. Uh, we, are still, we are still that, even though um, we will occasionally release uh, some products that are not necessarily about streaming music, but so in the audio space, like recently with uh, Udrocast, where we are hosting our podcasts. Um, I've been working on that project for a good three years now. I'm working with a guy called Blessing and Hector. Um, Blessing is, the, is our CEO, and he's also a brilliant uh, software engineer as well. Uh, he's doing a lot of work for the front end and um, uh, the Android space. And there's also Hector, who's handling all our business stuff. You know, as devs, we are often laughed at for not understanding how the business world actually works. So Hector is uh, filling in that gap, you know, to make sure that we can actually align the tech that we're building with, um, you know, what's happening, um, you know, in the music space and uh, what makes sense in terms of business. And the last startup that I'm working on is uh, called Rafaya, which is a um, students. Yeah, so for primary school students, um, that project I joined uh, three years back as well. Um, also the CTO there. Um, my primary roles are essentially building the internal systems that we use to manage books, uh, the internal systems that are also used by authors and illustrators, um, you know, to get paid for their work, to get invoices, and also the the mobile applications that people who are are actually using. So I'm... I am I am full stack dev in that I sort of have my hands in almost anything um, that requires code from you know front end stuff, design stuff, all the way to the tiniest uh, back end uh, you know function that needs to be written. I'm basically um, 
you know, sort of, I try to stretch myself, you know, to be in all these places. Yeah, I think that's about it. I like drinking beer, <laughs> Leslie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just backtrack a little bit. You mentioned that you you is a junior developer, right? Uh, is it different uh, and, and a junior? And, and what are your roles as, as a junior developer? Just to backtrack a little bit. Yeah, so as when you are, you know, fresh from the box, as they like to call it in some teams, you're basically someone who, um, you know, has the, a good understanding of programming, uh, probably worked on a few projects uh, here and there, but <clears throat> you are quite early, uh, like, like in your career. So when you get into the workspace, your your responsibilities um, are quite constrained in that um, you're sort of given little tasks on um, like on a bigger system. So if we were building, um, let's say, you know, a food ordering uh, application, your role as a junior dev might be just building a login button, and that might be it for. Um, like for the entire project. So they try, you know, to give you as little responsibility as possible, but also um, like just enough to get you to start learning about the environment you are in, to start getting comfortable with, um, you know, how the office environment actually works. Uh, you know, because there's a lot of dynamics uh, like within the office space, uh, which require uh, even the developers to have, um, you know, skills in, in like skills even way beyond like your technical stuff. So yeah, as a junior, your uh, your 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 responsibilities are quite minimal, and um, the attitude within the team is that they are sort of onboarding you and trying to teach you how the the specific space that you're working on actually works. Uh, with senior devs. Um, you um you know um you know you're sort of doing the architecture the skeleton of the project uh you'll be involved um like in such meetings and also you know have the responsibility to make those kind of decisions um but uh you still code even if you're senior but obviously you have more responsibilities and you also um you know have the responsibility of uh, like making sure that uh, the junior devs are actually getting the help that they need and um, that you do give them uh, your attention to help them when they're struggling. All right, that's that's really informative and interesting. Um, on my intro, I mentioned that you're a full-stack dev and you also mentioned that you're a full-stack developer. And I once saw a tweet and it was from you asking what's the difference between a full-stack developer and a full stake overflow developer. Um, if you want to give us an explanation of okay, yeah, your, so your perspective uh, in terms of explaining that. Um, yeah, okay, I'm not sure who the uh, full stake overflow developer <laughs> line came from, but yeah, no, I suspect that's uh, there's this joke amongst apps that you know if they took away stake overflow. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us wouldn't be able to do much, but <laughs> yeah. But so basically, with um, yeah, uh, with a full stack, 
if um so when um like i mentioned with my course maybe just to use uh, that as an example that there were a lot of things that we were studying when um like i was doing the multimedia course you know you could learn to build uh, websites you know and by build websites i mean you know actually make the the pages look really nice you know focus on icons making sure you know, uh, they're sort of appealing to the user, using the right fonts, the right font sizes, you know, the right backgrounds, um, the right sizes for pictures, etc. And you also learn uh, function. So if someone is visiting a website, they input their, um, um, you know, their information for like either logging in, um, there needs to be code which is written on the backend side that actually takes the username and password and do all the comparisons that need to be done to like in other user. Uh, also, um, you know, courses where you learn about uh, the database where the information is stored. So um, they'll teach you how to like how to effectively design a database so that, um, you know, you are able to store the kind of information that you need to store there's also courses where you learn mobile development where you you know you focus on mobile apps you know some courses focus specifically on android some on ios what ends up happening because of things that you can actually learn within the it space is that when people go into a environment um the 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 kind of work that they are um that they'll be good normally um be one of those things so it, it will either be you know you're someone who's doing front-end work meaning you know um or rather like ux and ui work you know meaning you're actually trying to just focus on making something look really nice uh you know that um moving from page one to two you know is done in a way that makes sense to the user and all that. So obviously those would we'll, we'll call them uh, like UX and UI, like it's part of the team. And there's people that do front-end work. So these days front-end would refer to people that use React, Angular, you know, all these new platforms where they basically um, build stuff that the user sees on the front-end. So when you log into your website, they build the buttons that you see, they build the login forms that you see, all of that. Um, so those would be like in that category. And then there would be people that um, on the backend side will be called the backend uh, devs. So what they do is they build APIs. These APIs are used by the front-end devs so that they can be calling those APIs for the stuff that they've built on the front end. And then there are also people that specialize uh, with databases. So at, uh, for instance, where I work, there's an entire team of more than 15 people that are specializing in the database. You know, they manage the database, they, they do table creations, uh, they manage load on the database. All of that um, is sort of uh, done by, by that one team. So with a full stack dev, it's basically someone who, who sort of does all these things. So just to use uh, me as an example, I can build a website. I can build um, a website with React, Angular, or any of these new platforms. I can also build the backend APIs for it. You know, I can build uh, mobile apps for, uh, for iOS. 
um, yeah, I do have a account the yeah, on the App Store. I can also build apps for for the Android uh, market as well. Uh, so a full stack dev would be someone who you when you have a team like if you're trying to form a team, you wouldn't worry you know uh, over where to place them in the team because anywhere you place them, they would perform you know um, they they would they would perform really well because they are sort of able to do um, like all these various things. So. Um, I think yeah, so I would say a full stack dev is someone who, who can do all these things and isn't really like specialized in um in any of them. Yeah, right. Um so I want us to talk about you know app development. You you're most known as an iOS developer, um uh, more than more than in Android, but I know you can develop both, you know. Um so what are the factors that contribute to your pricing of um, your apps when you like charging a client? You know, for somebody who actually wants to also get into you know app development and building Android and iOS. Um, um, so the apps. the main factor is uh, the scope of the work. You know, what the client is actually looking to build. So the there are what they call simple apps. So like a simple app would be an app where most of the information is static. So um, it could be an app for a company that just you know wants to have an app that's going to show information about them um, and a list of things that they are, they are possibly offering. Uh, this app wouldn't interact. It's just once you download it, it's offline, you have it on your phone. Um, you don't need in, in internet connection anything else uh, like for the app to work. So that would be a simple app. And then the, the more complex apps, um, you know, what a lot of people are trying to build these days, you know, things like uh, like your Uber type of apps, um, uh, like even what we're doing at Ultra, like with music streaming, it's very complex because there's a lot of um, elements that, um, you know, actually um, come into play uh, like to make the um, uh, like the application work, so that would be the primary thing. It's just the scope of work. So what I would normally do is break down what the what the client is asking for into requirements. So I would say this needs a login, this needs a register page, reset password, home screen, um, open someone's profile, like someone, dislike someone. I would list all those requirements and I would put a time for how long it would take for me to build each. And I would set a rate for um, my hourly rate as I'm like, as I'm working on each of those features. So it will be based on the hourly rate times the amount of um, uh, the, the number of hours it would take me to build the entire application based on those, um, like on those features. And the, other consideration is um, whether or not they want it for, for both Android and iOS. So someone like myself, I build, I mainly build native apps, meaning that if if it's a if it's an iOS app, I'll build it with uh, Swift or Objective C. If it's a Java, if it's an Android app, I'll build it with uh, Java or Kotlin. So because of that, when uh, someone comes to me asking for an app, 
and they want it for both Android and iOS, I basically have to do the work twice because I'm doing one for the Android space and I'm doing one for the uh, for the iOS space. Yeah, so that would those would be um, the three factors. One, if it's a simple or complex app. Two, breaking down the features uh, and then using the hourly rate to actually come to the total amount. And then finally, you know, if they need this for uh, for for iOS and Android, but the other factors can also be, uh, but like even though they are minor, but I like I also do check how much uh, tutoring I would actually have to do to get the person to understand the tech space. Because some people, you know, want apps, but they they don't really understand tech, so I'll basically. Um, be contributing to building the idea for them. You know, they just have this simplistic idea, um, which I will need to sort of have a few idea phones with them to sort of understand um, how we can translate, um, you know, what the person is asking for into uh, into an app or into like into a website. Yeah, so that would be um, one other thing uh, that I would look at. But yeah, it's mainly those three things. Okay, and the rate per hour is it? Is there a standard rate per hour, or it goes with the experience? Um, it, oh, it differs for um, yeah, for different people. But the one that um, I look at, I actually got this recommendation from uh, VT, who's a friend of mine. Uh, it's also a full stack dev. Is eight fifty per hour. Um, uh, you may get um, like a different rate from yeah from some people, but that's the one that um, I've been going with uh, recently. Oh, okay. I know you kind of touched a little bit about you you building Shizunga app for like eight years now. Um, I want us to touch on how has the app development space changed, you know, from 20, or not improved, you know, from 2012 to now. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It has actually changed a lot. Like quite a lot of things have, like have happened in the past eight years. Um, so maybe just to start off, um, back when um, I founded Chitonga.org, the the first app that I created was for a BlackBerry. Um, I, yeah, it was it was. Okay. For, yeah, I think they had an app store called uh, BlackBerry World, something like that. That that's the first app which I created, and um, I think I still have some of the <laughs> the communications that I used to send on, uh, yeah, on Facebook back then about you know um that okay we we done with the blackberry app uh, the next app that i thought i would move into was um for windows for like for windows phone so um back then microsoft uh, had this bright idea of getting into the mobile space which backfired quite badly for them um and they were the same thing that blackberry was doing is that they would go into different universities and make labs there. So uh, at UP, where I was, there was a BlackBerry lab. So there a dedicated room where 
if you wanted to learn to build apps for blackberry you could actually just walk into and you get people to guide you uh like throughout the process um <clears throat> windows also took the same model there was a lot of people that actually came um to our university to um like to sort of show us how to build uh, you know apps for uh for uh, so yeah sort of apps for for the windows phones i actually won um i think two phones um because of uh, like some of the hackathons that i attended um so i think the the biggest change is obviously the players are not the same you know back then blackberry was still the hottest thing <laughs> even though it was starting to uh, to go down um windows seemed like it was starting to make uh, its footing um but um evidently uh well eventually failed as uh, like as we've seen um so yeah i think these days um there is more um there's more people in there's more ways to actually build um like your apps the um uh, the methods that we used to build apps back then were were quite native which is what i'm still doing um but you would see these days that you know when you speak with developers you mostly hear of uh like things like flutter and you know, react native where you can actually have one code base you know to build uh for yeah we are for both platforms so yeah i think that the biggest change has been that um you know that the players are not the same and the ways that we're actually building, um, you know, the apps have actually changed as well. And um, I think now there's um, there's uh, easier, um, you know, routes that you can you can you can you can take to actually get to a place where you are, like where you are funded. Uh, there's a lot of apps that people have tried out. There's a lot of competition. So. Um, you know, back when we launched the, the Shitsonga app, just to use it as an example, it was the, it was the only Shitsonga app on the store, like only Shitsonga app that was there. But now we do see that there's, um, you know, there's other people also trying to get into into the space, looking at the problem in different ways. So I think there's, there's a lot more competition. There's a lot more people that know uh, like how to build apps. And so obviously because of that, people are trying out different uh, you know things that they can actually build for their communities so yeah and i would say that's um that for me is um, the biggest change all right you know every time when i look at my phone i have a lot of apps that i don't normally use even every day and some of them i can spend even three months without using them um and it goes beyond saying um is every problem that we have needs an app or there's certain problems that can be solved with an app or and others just need a website or a web application not really a an android application or an ios app i don't know if you, I don't yeah, know if you no, get no, me I'm with you. Uh, i think maybe because um apps are quite hyped and um sort of 
thing that <laughs> everyone just wants to have. And uh, I think they've convinced people like myself that if we know how to code, we can actually solve the world's problems <laughs> when, and like many cases, you know, we actually don't know how to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. well, there are things that I think work on um, uh, like on a website and there are things that would only work on mobile so um, maybe just to start off with mobile the kind of things that I would want to put on mobile and why um, so say something like Ultra I, I actually had this conversation with Patu the other day um, that if you look at some it's a music streaming app for people to be able to stream music, particularly here in South Africa, is you need to be able to save the data offline so that people are able to stream, you know, without having to use data, especially if you're streaming, you know, the same uh, catalog of music, you know, like you don't want to you know, have to pay, uh, you know, five megabytes every time you listen to Java, even though you just listen to him, yes. Um, so on an app, yes. you can, there are actually features, um, you know, which Android and iOS provide for you to be able to save those files offline so that uh, when the user wants to, you know, have a music session on the following day, you retrieve those and not, necessarily use their data but imagine if you if you were doing that on a website a website that people could access using your phone um your your main your biggest issue is that you can't save files off a browser on mobile even if you could save them you still need data for the website to show but with apps even if you don't have the data, the structure of the app is still going to show and people navigate to the to the data that's saved offline. So yeah, for something that's like sort of like music that has to be on an app, um, yeah, I would definitely uh, use an app for that. But for, for a lot of things, I think um, they should start on like on a website. And the reason for that is that like, a website is it's way cheaper uh, to build. You don't have to deal with a lot of issues that come, you know, when you when you actually need to submit the app to the store. You know, Apple had a big um, there was a big story between Apple and Hey um, just uh, last week or two weeks back where they were rejecting that app. So those guys, you know, they've done all the work that they could, but they can't get it into the store. But if it was a website, you 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 actually have uh, you know those um, gatekeepers you know who can potentially block you from from publishing your app. Yeah, so I would say um, you should look at starting um, from a website, and I don't think everything needs an app. There are things that you know can do well. Uh, with just a simple website, uh, like things like company profiles, uh, like things like that. You don't really need people to have, you know, an app, um, um, you know, installed for them to access um, that kind of information. Uh, the other things that you would want to keep on a website um, are services that rely on uh, SEO. 
So if you require people to search on Mm. Google to find uh, specific things within your platform, um, you are not going to be able to do that with an app. You know, an app is a closed uh, system. When you search on Google, you can find the app itself, but you won't be able to search what's within the app. So if we use, as an example, the Shitonga app, if someone wants to search for specific Shitonga words and they went to Google, they wouldn't be able to search the words which are in the app. But, um, you know, they can only be able to to search what's on the website. So Google will be able to search our website, but not our app. So I would say for things that require SEO, um, you should definitely look at having a website as a starting point. And obviously, um, you know, because some people do like, uh, um, like for things that they use repeatedly, they do like, um, like having an app on their phone. Then uh, you can, uh, you can move into, into the mobile space. But no, I don't think everything should be, should be an app. All right. Um, just to touch on something, I know you were once named a top 15 young gig in South Africa. Um, I want before before we even talk about how that actually um, opened, you know, or unlocked other doors. Um, you said South Africa is a young democracy, and we have a unique responsibility to modernize and industrialize our country. Always remember mistakes are in, inevitable when working on innovative and new ideas. So go easy on yourself. I wish you the best in in your in you. Mm-hmm. I wish you I wish you all the best in in you for a better you know South Africa. What was the thinking behind that or when you said that? Just want to understand what were you thinking when you 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 wrote that message because it seems like it's a very yeah, powerful thanks. message. Yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't even remember I once said that. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> I think my wow. thing has been, um, like, ever since I went to university and when I was starting to get, like, sort of introduced into the tech space and our approach, you know, to solving, uh, you know, problems, one of the biggest things I saw uh, when I was still at university is that uh there's sort of this conflict where um like we want to build uh, you know the big uh, facebook uh, like sort of facebook size system the impact you know big uh but there's also you know the need to build for for our specific communities you know um so you know because like say like suppose um someone like my if I decided that um, the Shitonga language is too small for me, you know, it's it's a small market. There's only about 3 million uh, Shitonga speakers here in South Africa. Um, and I mean, even here in South Africa, it's, it's mm-hmm. such a minority. Or, or I could actually just leave that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that small group of people and pursue, you know, building this uh, size uh, of companies so i think what that presents is um mm-hmm. we 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 often abandon obvious uh problems that we need to solve in our communities in pursuit of what tend to be big billion dollar ideas um so what i was trying to communicate mm-hmm. that we should look at 
what South Africa needs and what the different communities um, that we are living in actually need and to build um, those solutions. Again, I have nothing with, uh, you know, shooting for the moon and going big, but I think um, there needs to be a message to people that, um, you know, are willing and can actually start building things for their specific communities. Because that way, uh, you know, we can actually grow. It wouldn't help me if, um, you know, Ultra becomes this big thing or Round of Fire becomes this big thing. But when I'm going back home, it's not dictionary, which is, uh, you know, accessible for my own language. So, yeah, that is uh, what I was trying to communicate. But... That was very, that was very powerful. You know, when I read that, it was like, what, what was he thinking when he said this? I really need to ask him, you know. Um, with what you've just said, um, can we now um, agree that we are still consumers in South Africa in terms of, you know, um, the apps or the, yeah, the apps that we're using? Uh, can, can we now um, say that? Yeah, no, we are, things are starting to change. Um, um, I mean, obviously, back in the day, uh, the only could find in the store where um you know like either from america or banks but these days um i think it's changing there's a lot more people that are you know trying to build your community-based uh, uh you know apps and um you know language apps and education apps that are specific to uh, to South Africa, and I think the the reception from the public is starting to be really, really positive. People are starting to take pride in, you know, actually consuming content that's created here, you know, that's made by people that are. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, I think we are um, we are on the right track. Um, you know, um, yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> probably in the next, uh, you know, four or five years, I would like to see the day where if you check the top apps in South Africa, actually eliminate, uh, if you check the top 10 apps in South Africa, you can actually eliminate insurance companies, big banks, and um, yeah, and yeah, and the popular, you know, social media apps from like from the States. If we can replace that with, you know, some community-based app or you know something creative by someone here in South Africa, that would be that would be dope. Then how how important is needs assessment when when you, before you even build an app? Uh, when I when I say I don't know if you get me. When I, yeah, sure. I think you got yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's really 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 important. Uh, especially um, even for investors, you know, um, they, they, they need to have confidence and um, the space that you're getting into. Uh, it will also help you, um, um, you know, have um, a good gauge of uh, what success looks like, you know, uh, based obviously on your market size. So for Shizonga, 3 million people, you know, I'm never going to get to 4 million people. So when I'm gauging a success in that project, it needs to take into account, um, you know, um, what the actual market size is. And I think <clears throat> things that are, are sort of niche focus, 
Um, they surprisingly do way better than, uh, you know, stuff that's shooting for everyone. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really, really, really important to understand your niche, uh, to understand their needs and how you can, yeah, how you can use um, the digital um, solutions to actually cater for them. I think I've been following you for quite some time now and there was a time whereby you, you were talking about ultra ultra music. Now you you adding I, I think it's I'd like to call it expanding into ultra cast, you know. Why um, now? Well actually we've we've had ultra cast for, for quite a while. It was called Proton internally. Uh, we've had it for over a year. So um one of the maybe just to give you a bit of background on um how we've been working at Ultra. Okay, so when I joined Ultra, we had a website and an Android app, you know, both uh which are published on the like on the app store and the website. Um and when I joined, uh, I joined specifically to build the the iOS version of Ultra which I did work on and uh, we were struggling to um, to get it published with Apple because of legal issues uh, where we actually had to get a few lawyers involved um, to sort of help us draft the language that Apple was looking for in terms of our legal documents. Um, so what we've been doing between the time that Apple rejected the, the music streaming app for iOS and now, We've been working on the on the website and also working on Proton. Proton, which is uh, a music, um, uh, sorry, a podcast uh, hosting uh, platform. So yeah, the platform has been there for over a year. Um, the reason we're launching it now is um, we saw um, a few announcements. <laughs> I'm not going to name people of people that are going into the music space, and we felt that. Um, we need to change the way we are entering this entering the space as a music streaming service we are sort of in direct competition with the new players that are coming up and because they're sort of you know uh like bigger and uh, well funded than us um it's sort of a loser proposition for us so uh we are so we're trying to get into the music space by using podcasts uh quite streaming service of, uh, for Ultra, yeah, it's going to launch. Yeah, but the idea behind it is just to use podcasts to get into the space. Mm, all right. Um, I'll probably I'll ask it of A. Uh, uh, you can ask, I'll tell you if I can answer. <laughs> then we can, can answer it of A. So touch a little bit on what you guys are doing with Roundafire. I've checked it out on Twitter. I've seen the UI is so great. Your UI is on point. And I can tell it's some educational stuff that you're doing there. Um, can you please touch a little bit and tell us, you know, what Roundafire is about and, and so forth? Yeah, thank you so much for, for that compliment on the UI. Uh, Jose would be quite pleased. He's the one that's uh, you know quite obsessed with uh, 
2000 app looks. So, uh, so Roundify is basically an ebooks uh, application for um, for kids that are just uh, before pre uh, for kids who are at preschool and um, all the way to grade seven. We have these uh, ebooks in all 11 official languages, and we we've worked with. Uh, a lot of authors, South African authors and illustrators as well, to put together this um, these books. Um, so currently, we our our clientele is parents, and also so we are working with a with a few schools in Rosebank and Sinton, and we are we are we are hoping to expand our our user base. Uh, on the first of July, we will be relaunching the app for our individual market and our our school market as well. We've completely rewritten the app. Uh, we've uh, made it faster and uh, not better than it was before. So um, we're looking to actually push that out to the public. Interesting. Um, so the eBooks, are they free? Do people buy them? What's happening and what's your target audience? Are they children's book and so forth? Can you please touch a little bit on that? Yeah, so currently you can actually get the books for free if you download the app. We are still building uh, subscription models uh, that will be rolling out um, throughout the year. Uh, the books are for kids uh, from all the way from preschool up to grade seven. And we've tried our best to align this, uh, the content with the syllabus for the different languages and schools. Our, our audience is parents at home who would like to read bedtime stories for their kids and also um, schools uh, that can use these books as part of their, their offering for their uh, students. Then how do people, like, for example, if, I, if I'm an author, how do I now um, publish my book with you guys? How do I now, you know, do, do you guys have some sort of like an, uh, an application whereby authors can come to you or can just submit their books? How does that work? Yeah, so currently a lot of our process is quite manual. Um, so you would typically... As an author, send an email to info at roundafire.co.za. Um, from there on, uh, Jose, who is our CEO, uh, will take you through, uh, you know, what our contract looks like, um, you know, what the authors get from publishing a book with us, what we get from publishing uh, their books. And what we would do is uh, the author can simply offer us the, the story that they, they have, and we would look for an illustrator because it's children's books, um, we, we sort of need graphics on each page. So as you're reading the book, any text on the side has to have an image. So we, we have illustrators that we pay on behalf of the author. Um, and so, yeah, so the process would simply be send an email and Jose would, um, you know, start the, like start you up with the, with the process of explaining how, um, like, like what you benefit from it and what we benefit from it. And we, we also get illustrators to illustrate the books for you. But we, we are looking to building um, a system that's going to allow people to submit their content so that we can, we can move away from, from this manual process that we're using currently. 
And now can you touch a little bit about, you know, Shitsonga app? Are there any new, you know, things coming up? Okay, so we've been, been working hard the past uh, couple of months um, to rewrite the app um, also. And what we've done is we've made our offering better in that it's more structured, sorry, it's more structured and leaning towards learning. Um, and um, we we have a, we have things like lessons, um, you know, the ability to identify pictures from within the app, and a, a whole lot of new things that are uh, we have sort of built into the app. The the release for the update is also first of July. Uh, we'll be pushing it out. So if you are someone who wants to learn Chitonga or someone who knows Chitonga and just looking to revive it quite a bit. Um, to urge you to download the app. It's available for for both Android and iOS, working on both mobile iPads and tablets. Interesting. Oh, I bet. Only if I had, you know, a friend that speaks Zitsonga, I'll probably be I'll probably be learning through your app. But I actually have your app on my phone. Um, I love supporting, you know, uh, my people. Anyway, how do we, geez, I hope I can remove that. Anyway, how do we now, how do people contact you? Okay, so you can, you can reach out to me via Twitter. I'm quite active there. You can drop me a DM uh, with anything. Mm -hmm. I like partnerships, you know, I like having meetings with people to hear out uh, their ideas. Uh, if you want to reach me via email, you can use snaden.domela at gmail.com. Uh, we can, um, we can, you can, you can, you can also use that channel um, uh, to communicate with me. If you would like to have my phone number, you can DM me. I'll send you my my phone number so that I know who I'm giving the phone number to. Okay. Um. So we talked. We talked a lot about you know your app development. We talked a lot about. Um, the factors that actually contribute to the pricing. Uh, we talked a lot about, you know, your work with Chitonga app and Rondafire and Utracast now, Utla Music, you know. So for people who would like to actually, you know, start developing apps and they're kind of lost, um, are you open to mentor people? Yeah, 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 I am. Um, so I do actually use... Um, Especially like like on like on Shitonga, uh, I yeah I do use that avenue to teach people how to build apps. So for instance, this this Android app that we'll be releasing, I yeah I used um, that as a as playground to sort of teach uh, and two interns from UJ how to actually build an app. So if the same thing that you like to learn, you can reach out to me. Um, I'll find ways to sort of find something practical for you to do something that you know, we can both, um, you know, aim to achieve something so that you'll be learning in the process. But yeah, I'm definitely um, available for that. Oh, all right, cool. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. It was great having you here. It was great, you know, having an awesome chat with you. I didn't know you just, you know, you had this intellectual thing in you. So it was very great for the first time talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed uh, this conversation, and um, yeah, I hope we can we can chat again uh, sometime in the future. 
definitely I'm going to come to your podcast once you start doing it. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Thank you for tuning in. Go to our social media platforms at socialgeekza and tell us your thoughts about today's show.